You're listening to Wastoids. From cult horror and sci-fi to B-movie splatterfests, to underground music documentaries, concert films, public access shows, indie label showcases, and original programs, Night Flight Plus is the coolest place online for weird and riveting viewing. Right now, Wastoids listeners can get $10 off an annual membership. That means access to Night Flight's library for only $29.99 a year. Head to www.nightflightplus.com backslash promo code and enter WASTOIDS in all caps. That's W-A-S-T-O-I-D-S. Enter promo code WASTOIDS at nightflightplus.com backslash promo code and get back in the days. Hey, welcome to another episode of Wastoids with Blue Broderick of Diners. I am Jason from Wastoids, and I have known Blue for a long time, seeing her perform many, many times at Arizona venues like the Trunk Space, and I have been a fan ever since that first show I caught. For the last decade, Diners has cruised along the highways and byways of the DIY all-ages indie rock scene. Their latest is a new album called Four Wheels and the Truth. It's filled with very tuneful, hooky pop rock, and I really, really dig it. Blue joined me to discuss the new album, her newfound expression of trans identity, and the music of her 70s inspirations, groups like the Beatles and, and the Beach Boys. Every time Blue and I talk, we're not ever recording these conversations, we're just having normal conversations. We end up talking about the Beach Boys, so since we had the tape rolling, I figured it would be good to get one recorded for posterity and put it here in the Wasteoids audio feed. So thanks so much for hanging out. Check out Diners, uh, Four Wheels, and The Truth and pick up the new album and great bumper sticker but you'll hear all about that in just a second let's head into the conversation well yeah so congrats on the record it's called uh four wheels and the truth Mm -hmm. and it's a really good album uh i really i really enjoyed listening to it thank you and thanks so much and as good as it is what might what's almost as good as this record is the bumper sticker that you made to promote it as well <laughs> which uh features the album cover or a uh, part of the album cover the cool bird from the album cover and it says my other car is the truth i wonder if you could to start off you could tell me a little bit about the cover of the record and and where the bumper sticker idea came from uh well the cover uh the album cover is, uh, it's a photo, and it's a photo that my friend Patrick took. And Patrick also did all of the, like, album, he did all of the art, actually. Mm. <laughs> he did everything. Um, and it was just a photo that um, I'd seen in kind of his collection, and I really, I really liked it, and I thought it really worked. And... There was like for a split second, I was actually going to do like a, a very, very drastically different idea. And I'm so glad it didn't work out because I really love the album cover um, with this photo because I always I thought that photo was special f- ever since I saw it. Yeah. And um, so the photo. Yeah. Like in some ways, like the photo is just uh, just something I, I was really drawn to. And um 
just feels meaningful to me. But I don't even know if I can say why. I just I saw that photo. He has a lot of good photos, but that photo for sure stood out. Yeah. So do you often have a situation where do, did this album cover come like after the record was finished, or was it in your head while working on the tunes? Oh, it, it came after. It came afterwards. And, uh, yeah, it, it came afterwards. I, when I finished it, I, like I said, I had like a different idea for yeah. it. And I'm so glad that it did not work. Cause I was going to try to do some sort of like Nick Lowe ripoff where I'm like, like on the cover doing like a labor of lust type thing where I'm like cut out. And I'm so glad <laughs> it didn't work. Cause I don't think I could pull that off well first i i do believe you could pull it off but i also think that the the album cover is great that nick lowe album cover is a really good one obviously um that's yeah that's the one where he's like leaning on the top on the tight yeah he's like leaning it's so cool yeah yeah that's such a that's that's a great record cover but as is yours there's something about it you know when i first saw it i didn't realize it was a photo uh when i first saw it i thought it was like an illustration because it has like almost like a like that new age kind of quality or something. I thought it was like a like mm. of some sort of visionary art or painting or something. Yeah. That's a I I've gotten I've gotten that a lot and I remember when I saw it like for the first time cuz uh I'd seen the photo but then when he cropped it in order to, you know, put it into a square, um it like it it was a such a different looking photo that it did look like so much more like it just looked like it even had a different texture to it because it's like a very small part of a a, of a much larger photo and he had to go to like a commercial (laughs) scanner to get it like properly scanned that's cool so that's really cool yeah how about the phrase my other car is the truth i mean did you come up with that i did come up with that and uh, yeah, just being silly. Uh, uh, not much there. Just being, just trying. I I thought it would be appropriate to do a bumper sticker because, um, four wheels. It's like it made sense. It's like oh yeah, so it's already like a car vehicle reference. So it did make sense to me to do a bumper sticker. And but yeah, the fra- I I came up with a bunch of other ones. Yeah, I mean, and I'm and I'm glad. I'm glad those didn't work out either. <laughs> the right idea. The other one. Yeah, the right idea makes yeah. it through. What? Yeah. What were some of the other ones? Well, the the only other one that I remember off the top of my head has nothing to do with the album, and it just says I'd rather be honking. <laughs> and so I'm glad. I'm glad my other car is the truth. Yeah, is the one. I'd rather be honking yeah. is pretty great as well. This is a. It's funny because obviously the title has like the the car reference. But uh, looking through the credits, um, you also uh, tried to try was recorded in a car. So you've got a very car. Yeah. There's a car theme going throughout this one almost. I love cars. Yeah. I, I love cars. I love being in a car. I love driving a car. Um, do, yeah. Do you, do you own a car uh, at home or do you walk around everywhere? Um, well, I walk around everywhere, but I also have a Honda Civic right now. Cool. Dig it. And, and I've always, I mean, I've always owned like minivans. And so this is, uh, 
it it still feels really novel to me to have like a small car. Yeah, because you've basically been you've been driving around in in vans for a long time, making touring mm-hmm. and 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 making music. So, but the shift to a smaller vehicle is 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 novel to you still. Well, I I think it's just it's just funny to me. Like it's like wow, I'm just so low to the ground. <laughs> um, I mean, not that like a minivan is like a huge vehicle. Sure, but, sure. Um, it is just so like it just it just zips around this little 2006 Honda Civic. Oh, that's awesome. You you also speaking of sort of most of this record, which we should let listeners know, most of this record was recorded in a in a proper studio or. Mm-hmm. Some of it at home, right? You you recorded some of the overdubs probably in the space you're in right now. Yeah, yeah, just in in this in my bedroom right now, where I'm at right now. Um, yeah, the uh, all of the stuff that would be much harder to record, like drums and a lot of the electric guitars, were done at the studio. Also, the bass. It, most of the bass was done at the studio as well. There was a really nice kind of like Hofner type bass. It wasn't a Hofner, but it was like just just it, it was the the classic McCartney looking bass. Yeah, and it sounded great, and and that was great to like record in a in a in a proper studio and hear it on the big speakers. So. For sure. But then in terms of other non-traditional recording spaces, you recorded one of the tunes uh, out the door. Was it the, was it the Sutro Bath Caves? Yeah. In San Francisco? Deep, yeah. Yeah. My, so my friend, my friend Maddie came up to uh, help me record because I wanted, I wanted somebody that I could turn to and ask for help, basically. And, and, and Maddie um, has great taste. And so... Maddie drove up from San Diego, and then the day before going into the studio, we just decided to go to the Sutro Bath Caves just to check it out. And then kind of while we were there, or maybe even like on the way there, we had the idea to record inside of it. Were were both of those, the car and the cave recordings, uh, were you able to use just a phone or did you have a microphone or, or, or did you have some sort of mobile rig with you? How did it work? In the cave, Maddie had like a, like some sort of, some sort of um, microphone that clipped on to their phone. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't, I don't even know what the model was, but it was just, I mean, just yeah just clipped right onto the phone it wasn't even like that big it was like a it's just like uh yeah it just it it just clipped right onto the phone and then for tried to try i just set up my laptop and my microphones inside the car yeah yeah and i mean really just used this microphone that i'm talking into right now the re20 Well, it sounds great. And it's, I just, I don't know, anytime there's like cool locations like that, I find myself really interested. Like, I wonder what the reasoning was. But yeah, if you just get struck by inspiration, was there pretty good reverb in the caves? Was that part of it? Yeah. And of course, it's like one of those things where it's like, if we wanted to go all out, we would have set up like a multiple microphones throughout throughout the cave. But (laughs) it was, I mean, it was like pre- it was still pre-vaccine 2020 um, time, and so we were like, 
kind of waiting for people to like shuffle out and just we just tried to record it as fast as we could i just had like a like all i i had like a metronome on my phone that i listened to to like get the time right so i because i was it, it, like we would we it was kind of a it's kind of a pain like we we thought it was gonna be this really easy thing and then it, we were just like waiting for <laughs> for everyone for families to walk through yeah yeah and I'm sure a family, I'm pretty sure like a family like stopped and to see what we were doing. So you had an, but you I, had an audience like for a mid-take. second. Oh, you were mid-take? Yeah, so probably, yeah, I just, it's like, but it was our only window, so we just had to keep going. Gotta do it. So, well, well, yeah. there are so many, so many moments I like on the record and so many songs that, that hit me, but... I really kept thinking about that solo, the guitar solo in Half Glass, and I wanted to ask, oh. wanted to ask you a little bit about that. That's is that is that Christian playing that? That's Christian. That's my cousin Christian. Yeah, uh, I love that guitar solo. I didn't I didn't write it. I I gave I gave him very little instruction, if any. Yeah, you just let him just let him let yeah. him rip. What did it hear? What did you? What did it feel like well, with I, him playing that? I mean, because it's because it's 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 killer. Well, I it's a, it was funny because I tried to think of a guitar solo, and I guess I have a project on on my hard drive of all the the attempts of a solo that I thought would sound good, but they all just were so boring to me. It was kind of like, it was like the last thing I had to do for the record, I think. And so I was just like kind of running out of like, it's like, I don't know what to do. Like it all just sounds like the same guitar lick over and over and over again. And so I knew that I needed to to give it to someone to just to, just to, to have a different perspective on it. And I've, and, and I've always wanted to have my cousin on a track uh, Christian has played in in diners. Uh, he's played bass and guitar. He might have even played drums at one point, like for a show or something. But, um, but but never on record. So it was it felt very special to to ask to ask my cousin and and he. I mean, he is a very unique guitar player. He always comes up with these guitar parts that are like like they're they're very weird to me like i have no idea where he draws the inspiration from because it's the type of playing where it is weird and to me like like oh how did he come up with this but but at the same time like there is like a very like listenable like like i don't want to say co- like commercial thing but like it, it's but there's something about it that is really um like i think any like person who's just a fan of guitar like if some guitar kid some shredder listened to it i think they would appreciate it just as much as i do yeah big time because it's not it's a weird solo because it's like guitar solos by their nature they got to be a little flashy they have to call some attention to themselves and it does that right but it's not like uh it's not like it, it 
Yeah, it's shreddy without being like uh, histrionic, I guess, is where I would say. Totally. Yeah, that's it's it's very that's why. Yeah, it's like I had that's such a it's such a <laughs> I asked him about it and yeah he's I mean he he didn't really have much to say about it other than it was fun to do. <laughs> so and, and and it sounded like it. He gave me two tracks. He's like here's a clean version and a, and a distorted version. And I just liked both of them and we just distorted the clean track he gave he gave us so we just had I just want I just loved hearing them both kind of like warble like it just because of like the way like the bends yeah just panned left and right just kind of like it just creates such a cool effect hearing both of them played at the same time yeah absolutely did yeah. it was was christian important for you in terms of is christian older than you yeah i i don't know how how many years older but yeah christian is maybe 5 years older than me i think Around there, around five years older than me. Was, um, was he the kind of cousin who would introduce you to music or turn you on to stuff when you were younger? Oh, yeah, definitely. I started, um, yeah, so much of the music that I got turned on to was because of him. Like, he he gave me, like, he burned me a bunch of CDRs of, like, the microphones and little wings and... uh um, like a lot of the, I, I guess just like a lot of the K Records stuff, um, from like the early two thousands, and that just really, uh, that yeah, it just it it made the world seem so much, uh, like more interesting because I was such a Guitar World magazine kid. Yeah. Um. So to 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 listen to all of these, uh, artists that kind of break all those rules was really neat to me yeah absolutely and it's so cool that all these years later you're able to have them them on the record and have this sort of like Mm. yeah carry carry across all those years that's diners you've been doing diners for more than a decade now is that right yeah it's it's been over 10 years that's wild that's wild to think about Wastoids With will be right back after a brief word from our sponsors. This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp. Without a healthy mind, being truly happy and at peace is hard. The good news is therapy works. But what is therapy exactly? Well, it's whatever you need it to be. Maybe you're not feeling motivated right now and would like some tools to help. Maybe you're feeling insecure in relationships or at work or not dealing well with stress. Whatever you need, it's time to stop being ashamed of normal human struggles and start feeling better because you deserve to be happy. And now you don't have to worry about finding an in-person therapist near you to help. BetterHelp is customized online therapy that offers video, phone, and even live chat sessions with your therapist so you don't have to see anyone on camera if you don't want to. It's much more affordable than in-person therapy and you can start communicating with your therapist in under 48 hours. Join the millions of people who are seeing what online therapy is really about. It's always a good time to invest in yourself because you are your greatest asset. As a special offer to Waste Toys listeners, you can get 10% off your first month of professional therapy at betterhelp.com slash wastoids. That's betterhelp.com slash wastoids. Thanks again to BetterHelp for sponsoring this episode. Now, back to Wastoids with. This is the first record that, you know, since you've kind of 
opened up about your your trans identity, and it's the first time、mm. that that has been a part of the story of the record. I I wonder is is what's、well, it's part of the story of of you. The the human, you know, more than the record. But I wonder, do they do they overlap? Was there anything about this record that made that that opening up, you know, that facilitated it or had anything to do with it? Is there a relationship between the 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 two the two things?、Uh, yeah, there there's some really some relation, but also、um, but also no. It's like also, I mean, I don't want to say like it's just. Uh, business as usual, like making another record, but, but yeah, like, but I, but there was something really neat about making this record because I knew that by the time that I was done with it, like,、um, I was like, I was going to be like more open about it, just because,、uh, like, I don't know, you just like the way that I kind of planned out.、Uh, How my how my year was gonna go, hopefully, and、um, and I was like, all right, wow, I guess so. Like while making it, I, it was kind of you know, it's like I would I ended up changing a lot of little lines that I felt resonated more with me,、um, and where I wanted to where I wanted to be, and I I think that. It,、um, Yeah, I think there's really on, there's really only one song that feels like directly about it, and it's the dorkiest song on the record, which I kind of like. We, it's this song、uh, called、uh, "Gotta Be Something." Yeah. Um. Yeah. I I really really like that song. That's that's incredible. So I mean, as somebody who's known you for a long time and over the course of that ten years, I mean. I'm I'm very happy for you, and I wanted to say that first and foremost. And I I、oh, I know that you know it's there's no getting around it. Like that's a big thing to open up with strangers about. And as somebody who spent so much of your life, your music has always been very open and very earnest and and vulnerable in a way that you know is、uh, is super admirable and something that I've always connected to it, but. I think about the difference between sharing emotionally vulnerable songs and sharing something so、uh, integral to your selfhood as as your identity, like that, you know. And I think so. Anyway, I'm ve- I'm very happy for you overall, and I just wanted to say that. Oh, thanks. Because、so. it's it's a it's a pretty mellow record, I would say overall, but not like not like lacking、mm-hmm. in like energy, but just but very like. Very, very warm, very seventies, and I love all the the tones on it, and and I love that you're sort of evoking Nilsson a little bit outside of the K Records stuff, which you got into very young. Was that sort of seventies thing、uh, something that was interesting to you when you were starting Diners, or is it something you've increasingly got more into, or was that what you listened to when you were a kid? You know, where does the sort of seventies Nilsson Beatles Beach Boys access come into the picture for you? Um. Well, I, right after I graduated high school, like I, I just got so into. Uh, Beach Boys and Beatles, and and so, like I was, I was in high in in high school. I was too cool to listen to them,、um, because I know, 
because I knew who the microphones were in my head. And I was, and of course I was like, yeah, thought I was very cool listening to all these uh, K record bands. Um, and then, but yeah, I kind of got really, really, really into Beach Boys um, as I was starting Diners. And uh, yeah, I, I I mean, yeah. And, and in some ways it's like, oh, but like I also remember being like, a kid and like like running around singing like wouldn't it be nice so it's like i've always liked i've always liked the beach boys and and beatles but i think that um i don't i don't think i uh it just kind of felt like it was uh like those songs have been around since like way before i was born and they were just like it was just like culture like it's, it's just like oh yeah yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, I they're not even songs until you notice that they're songs. Yeah, they're just in they're just in the air. Uh I definitely feel like there is a fair amount of Paul McCartney and Emmett Rhodes in the mix with your with your songwriting, but I was very curious to talk a little bit more about the Beach Boys because they're one of my favorite things to talk about. So, I was going to ask right now uh if you had to pick what your favorite Beach Boys album is, uh, do you, which one would it be at this moment? Hmm. Right now. Right now, I, I would say it's a tie between uh, Surf's Up and Carl and the Passions, So Tough. I love, I was listening to Carl and the Passions last night, and that record. If that, if that, if like the Beach Boys broke up and one of them put out that album. Yeah. Or it's like if it just was like a car, if that was like just released as like a new band, it, which is confusing. It's just the whole, I don't, I've read why it's titled Carl and the Passions So Tough. Like, I've, I don't, like, there's not much information other than it's just like, oh, that's what Carl's band was before the Beach Boys. But it's like, but why did, why is it the name on the record? The album? <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. it's so, it's so funny. But like, it, I, I was thinking, like, if that was released on its own, like, as a post Beach Boys project, that would be looked at as like, like such an incredible record. And, and instead, it, I think I think it does. I mean, obviously, has like a cult following, but like, I just think it would be revered so much more. Um, I I couldn't agree yeah. more with you. In fact, my copy of Pet Sounds uh, has Carl and the Passions with it. Um, it's like it's it's, so it's like a double. It's like a double. It's like it was a, it was a double package, right? And I think. I don't know exactly what it was, but I think it was that Carl and the Passions just was selling very poorly, and they were like, well, what if we just put our this album that sold very well also with it? So if you're going to buy that, you'll also get Carl and the Passions. I don't know if that's exactly how it worked, but I remember when I bought the copy, literally being confused about like, because oh, I, so I turned the record over and I'm like, oh, so it's also got, there's also a record by this band, Carl and the Passions, and I'm like, Oh wait, no. This is the Beach Boys somehow. Uh, but when I finally got over my confusion and just put the record on, that one, as the kids say, it goes. It's such a good record. <laughs> it is great. There, it's it's got. 
I, like even just the way it's mixed, like the songs that I don't even care that much about, the way it's mixed is still is still cool to me. You, you need a mess of help to stand alone is like such a good song, yeah. and it's absolutely just them doing the band, but it totally works. I love that one so much, mm-hmm. and I think all this is that is on that right. Which is an unbelievable track. Yeah. I think that's in my top five, not just Beach Boy songs, maybe just my top five uh, songs, period. Because it's just such, it's, it's such a beautiful song. Yeah, it's really, it's really beautiful. And I, yeah, I always kind of point to that, like when, yeah, it's like when the rest of the, the band gets kind of uh, uh, dismissed. It's like, oh, but that that track that doesn't have Brian at all on it. That's exactly just, like exactly that's that's yeah. an Al that's an Al Jardine led joint, I think, if if I remember right. But it's such a good that's such a good song, and it's also very rare for pop songs to like embody spiritual concepts in like a very um, like mm. meaningful way. And to me, that's one of them. Like it's up there with "My Sweet Lord" for me in terms of like I really believe the the um, the sentiment in the song. I really believe that it's being sung from a very pure place. And I think that, I think they really meant it like as, as I mean, they're just, they're just such a fascinating band. They're like an endlessly like entertaining band for fans because just, just everything there's, it always, it just keeps going and going like the, just the, the way the I, I, yeah, just every member, but also like every member just kind of has their own like their own deal. But like with that song, it's like, oh yeah, this is Mike Love, who is kind of an evil person, like being like truly wanting to like spread good into the world. <laughs> like it's so it's so funny. It it, it yeah. complicates the narrative so much because yeah, Mike Love being like kind of nobody's not usually the dude where you're like yeah, this is the one I like the most. I mean. I have often thought to myself that if I remove some of his more obnoxious stuff from the mix, like you can understand that he was having a hard time being in a band with Brian Wilson and those guys, you know what I mean? Like it makes sense, you know, he's not like, it's understandable, but yeah. um, The only thing I can't really forgive him for is student demonstration time from uh, Surf's Up because that's a bad song in my opinion. Oh, it's an aw- it's an awful song. It's the only song that I mean sometimes I don't I was about to say like it's the it's the the song I skip every time, but sometimes sometimes I am just fascinated by it. Like it it's 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 like I don't know who it's for. It seems like it it like it just doesn't really f- fit in anywhere. Yeah, absolutely. And I will say that when they put out that great box set last year uh with all the alternate takes and stuff there Mm. are some other versions of student demonstration time there's one without the vocals and i'll listen to that one sometimes and i'm like ah, there's some kind of cool guitar playing on this record actually it's not all that but just when i hear it in the sequence it also just doesn't fit in on surfs up it mars an otherwise perfect track list because surfs up the other one you cited i mean that's Mm -hmm. that's got Till I Die on it, which I think is perhaps, it's right up there with All This Is That in terms of one of the deepest things that I've ever heard about like a spiritual sentiment on a record. So I think that's one of Brian's Mm -hmm. all-timers. But yeah, then you got Student Demonstration Time where 
I don't know. It's like Revolution by the Beatles, kind of, where you're like, I get it, I guess. <laughs> yeah, it's it's such a, I mean, but it just kind of makes it. That's why they're such a fun, weird band to be into because. It's like, all right, the same band that does all of this stuff also does all of this other stuff that leaves me scratching my head. Stuff stuff and, like uh, honking down the highway, maybe? Is that something? <laughs> oh, I mean, I, I, mean, I, lo- I love honking down the highway. Me, me too. I, I love, yeah, I love Beach Boys Love You. That was like one of the, when I first got into Beach Boys, a friend of mine like i or i think i like ripped it off of his like ipod like back when that's how you got music i yeah, guess but yeah. like yeah um but i but yeah he showed me mona off of love you because he, there's that line about phil specter uh yeah. listen to be my baby i know you're gonna love phil specter yeah so yeah like and that just was like enough to make me curious about that album so. yeah absolutely i love that 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 era they they found themselves in such a strange place and they were like maybe we should change our name to the beach that was my favorite that's one of my favorite beach boys factoids was that they were like maybe we should change our name and then people will take us seriously you know and it's like they're the beach boys that's just the way people knew them you know so it's such mm-hmm. they they really are they're a true they're a true uh truly interesting band to be into and i think that that you you hit the nail on the head like sometimes a band that is fascinating to listen to can be just as much fun as a band that is uh good to listen to if that makes sense do you know what i mean yeah totally yeah i i think i mean i mean even like a lot of the stuff that i think is kind of bad i still think it's intriguing yeah i still think it's intriguing but but that's also because like maybe it's just because i know like all the context of this and it's like oh uh it's like yeah that makes sense why they sounded that way at that particular era there were and also half the band is like using a lot of drugs and the rest are just weirdos like yeah it's a real it's a real interesting case but but i love that i think that the that more and more that era the era that we've sort of honed in on the sort of 70s era i think it's getting more and more appreciation as time goes on and people are starting to like oh, yeah. recognize it a lot more i think so i think people i mean you just even like uh I, I mean, I think the way that their records sounded just don't sound like anybody, which like, they, yeah, like I don't I haven't heard a whole lot of records that have that home record home recorded feel, but like also like have such big arrangements on them that like the, it's kind of like uh, like it's it, it's made it cool because it kind of stands the test of time in, in some ways because it's like, oh, well, nobody's record like that, even at the time were like they weren't sounding like that so it kind of it, it just is like its own little pool yeah absolutely absolutely and that was such a cool thing that happened at various points in the 70s where people's like i think of ram by paul mccartney which is like it's always positioned as like a total 
bedroom pop record because it has that feel and then you look at the liner notes and you're like oh no this was like actually like cut in like a great studio with killer session musicians but yeah yeah but somehow it's able to maintain that little intimacy i think that intimacy that i hear i hear if there's anything from the 70s that the sort of era we're talking about that i hear in diner stuff it's a sense of that intimacy like your records never sound big in the wrong way uh and they never sound like you're very far away in a sense if you know like you 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 maintain that kind of like homey intimacy even when there's great production and great arrangements and great playing and all of that stuff so i mean that's one of my favorite things about about your stuff and i wonder if you have uh do you have when you're when you, when you're in the studio like are you what are, what are you listening for in 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 the mixes that's most important to you when you're when you're working on a record if if you had to put your finger on it Hmm Well I think I think it's well I know for sure it's changed over the over the years like like nowadays I really like everything just as dry as as I can get it like yeah, just, just it's funny it is very funny to like like anytime i listen to uh like the first diners album or the second one it's like always like oh there's so much reverb on everything also why did we like double every single thing <laughs> like every instrument is doubled and i which i which i know why i thought to do that but um i i mean i really listen like when i'm working on something i I always end up like like I said earlier like I I have an idea of what I want it to sound like and then it usually turns into something different. And so most of the time I feel like I'm reacting to it sounding different and so I'm kind of like it it, it becomes a thing of like I it's like I'm hearing it for the first time and which is actually which actually gives me like a very cool angle on it because I'm often oftentimes realizing that an arrangement won't work. So I have to figure <laughs> something else out, sure. which uh, as much as I want to believe that like my arrangements are like uh, super solid, like I do have to adjust them constantly, like when I'm in the studio, which is probably a little annoying, but but I I. Like for a performance, I I just like a, I I would rather go with a take that has a mistake that if it feels good, and in a mix, I I just like if I'm listening to um, something that's almost done, I just want to make sure that I can listen to it without even really noticing much. Like I kind of just want to be able. I I call it. Uh, just like listening, like with a like a lazy ear, just like I almost just want to look at something else or like be on my phone while I'm listening to like to a mix. And if something catches my ear, that's either a good thing or a bad thing. Like, and I have to sure you have to figure out project. which. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that's fascinating. And I, yeah, like I said, it all worked out. This record is 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 so much fun to listen to, and it's a really beautiful piece of work. And I appreciate you taking the Thank time you. to hang out with me and talk about it. Where can where can people find you online? Um, I guess just uh, the usual social social places uh, uh, at Diners Music, and as far as streaming, it's you know it's it's everywhere. Music can be streamed. Um, uh, I like Bandcamp. I'm on Bandcamp, but of course it's like on Spotify and Apple. Yeah. 
as well. You're a great follow on TikTok. I'm going to cite it specifically. Oh, wow. You're very, I don't, and I like, I'm one of those people who's afraid to post very much on TikTok. You're a very good TikToker. So, wow. I never thought I'd see the day to, to be told that I'm a good TikToker. You, you, you but, are, though. <laughs> yeah. I, I think my approach is just, um, just play like I'm like I like I'm just considering like it, like it's just literally like I'm just I just want to play on my phone and so that's what I'm gonna do I'm not it's it's I I try not to think about it too much or like use it as like a promotional tool I just want to play <laughs> on my phone yeah I think that's a that's a good approach um and and I think that sense of that playfulness actually extends across a lot of a lot of your work and that's a it's a hallmark of it so. Um, that rules. Well, thanks so much for talking, Blue. It's the best. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. If I'm gonna be right where my head is, if I'm gonna be right where my head is now, what's the point of looking round in the middle of a You're listening to Wastoids. This week's episode features original music by Sam Means and a few selections from Diners, Four Wheels, and The Truth, available wherever you listen to good music. Do you have any Beach Boy opinions you want to share? Are you passionate about Carl? All you have to do is give us a call, 1-877-WASTOIDS, and get in touch. That's our hotline. We record everything that is left as a message for us over there. So you call, leave us one, and you'll hear it on a future episode. I'm in New York. And I'm freaking out, baby. I really need ways to We'll be back with more Wastoids fun for you next week. Stay tuned for that. And in the meantime, leave us a rating and a review if you dig what we're up to. Wastoids, music, and art and pop culture from Hello Merch. Give us a follow at wastoids.com.